Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I'm glad that you've joined us again today for our weekly message. Today we're talking about the question, are you afraid of the future? Do you feel confident about the future or not? When you think about what's going on in our world and what might come about in the next year, do you feel relaxed or do you feel nervous? Today we continue our series on the journey as we're looking at the life of Moses and the life of the Israelites and looking at an opportunity they had to move into the future, which seemed really scary and really fearful to them. How they responded is a lesson for us today about how we can move into the future and how if you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you don't have to be afraid of what the future will hold. So I invite you to sit back and relax and enjoy this message. Don't be afraid of the future. One of the leading business and management consultants from the second half of the 20th century was a man by the name of Peter Drucker. <clears throat> Peter Drucker authored almost 40 books. He was a highly sought after consultant from major corporations like General Motors, Sears, General Electric, and IBM. He invented the concept known as management by objectives, and he has been described as the founder of modern management. He was a towering figure in the world of business and management. One time he made this statement, every few hundred years in Western history, there occurs a sharp transition. Within a few short decades, society rearranges itself its worldview, its basic values, its social and political structures, its arts, its key institutions. 50 years later, there is a new world. And the people born then cannot even imagine the world in which their grandparents lived and into which their parents were born. We are currently living through such a transition. Even though he said this over 20 years ago, I would suggest it is still true today. We are living in the midst of a sharp transition. Our world is changing. What's in front of us is nothing like what was behind us. We are going off the map. We're trying to figure out where we are headed and what our world is going to look like in the future. Some people approach these transitions with excitement, and some people approach them with dread. Some people are eager to try new things. They are adventurous. They love to explore their early adopters. But others are fearful. They wring their hands. They are certain that whatever is coming will be worse than what has been. This is what we see in the story of Moses and in the story of the Exodus. 
God has worked through Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt after they had lived there for about 400 years. Now they've been on their journey in the wilderness for two years, and they finally arrived at the edge of the promised land. But before they go in and take the land, the Lord told Moses to put together a committee, a reconnaissance team, 12 people to go scout out the land. They were to bring back a report of what it was like. They explored the land for 40 days, looking at completely over, inside and out, upside and down. When they returned, Numbers chapter 13, verse 27, <clears throat> through chapter 14, verse 10, says this. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. <clears throat> the Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. <clears throat> if only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. <clears throat> Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted amongst themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. 
But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. This story tells us three things. One is the agreement, two is the disagreement, and three is the result. First of all is the agreement. The land is good. In this passage, we see a committee looking at the future of their congregation. They're looking at this great missional adventure, this great quest that the Lord has laid out ahead of them. All 12 of the explorers saw the positives about the promised land. It had good fruit and it flowed with milk and honey. They all agreed the land God wanted to give them was good. But secondly was the disagreement. The land is scary. <clears throat> In spite of the fact that they all agreed that the land was good, 10 of the 12 leaders were scared to move into the future and take possession of the land. It was too big, too unpredictable, too scary to attempt. They lacked the faith, the courage, and the self-confidence to move into the very different future God wanted to give them. They could not imagine how they could ever be successful at so daunting a task. <clears throat> and so they looked for excuses to not move forward. They said it is a good land, but. It is a good land, but the people are powerful and the cities are fortified. The third part of the story is the result. 10 of the 12 committee members told the whole group, we are not ready. Even though the Lord has promised to give us this great future, we didn't think it was going to be so radically different from the past. It was just too scary. And so they said, we'd rather go back to Egypt. When our anxiety level rises, so does our desire to go back and recapture something from the past we've lost. That's what the Israelites did. Because of their high anxiety, they lost their confidence. They said, we can't do this, and we don't want to go there, not even with God's help. The challenge is too big. The risks are too great. All they could see were obstacles and problems and difficulties. They were not even willing to attempt the missional quest. But two of the committee members were not afraid. Joshua and Caleb believed it was possible. In verse 30, Caleb spoke up and said, we should go up and take possession of the land. We can do it. <clears throat> Caleb could live with the unpredictability of this new world. He believed that in spite of the obstacles to their future, God would see them through. He was positive <clears throat> it could happen. <clears throat> Those of you who are worshiping with us online this morning, I would invite you to write on our Facebook page now, 
Are you positive about our future or not? Do you feel hopeful about our future or not? Caleb's words raised the anxiety level of the other 10 spies even higher. They had to speak up again and they said, no, we cannot do this. They said these people are stronger than we are. They spread rumors about giants in the land and the people became afraid. They lost faith in the quest. They lost faith in the promise. They lost faith in God. <clears throat> Chapter 14, verse 1 says that the people stayed up crying all night long, and then they began to grumble against their leaders, Moses and Aaron. They said, we would have been better off if we had died in Egypt. They said, we would have been better off if we had died in the desert. Their fears became irrational, as they assumed their wives and their children were as good as dead. In a desperate search for stability and predictability, they reached the point of saying, we should choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb were devastated. They fell on their faces in front of their church and tore their clothes. They begged the people, don't be afraid. Don't rebel against the Lord. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will give us this new land. We can overcome the obstacles to our future. The Lord is with us, don't be afraid. But the people wouldn't listen. Instead, they talked about stoning them to death. This is a picture of what we are going through today. Today, we are on a journey in the wilderness and this is what we do. We face similar challenges to the future of our church and our world. And what do we do? We react with the same fear, negativity, and personal attacks that the Israelites did because we feel threatened. We live in a world where change is discontinuous, rapid, massive, and constant. Now, if we only had to deal with one or two changes at a time, we could handle that. But we are dealing with many titanic changes all at once. Because it is so disorienting, there will always be some people who want us to go back to the past. Even when the past was not good, they still want to go back to the way it used to be. Who in their right mind would want to go back to being a slave in Egypt? That was not a rational thought, but everybody bought into it. Why? Because they were desperate for the good old days, where at least they had food and water and clothes and a place to live. How quickly they forgot the injustice and the prejudice and how much they hated the past. You can't go back to the past. It's history. We need to learn from the past. We need to build on the lessons we've learned and where we've been. 
that God is always leading us into a new future, which may be scary, but which will be very good. In J.R.R. Tolkien's book, The Hobbit, he describes the hobbits as living underground, smoking pipes, eating a lot, and living 180 years. It's the kind of warm, cozy world many of us would like to live in, but it doesn't exist. Like the Israelites who walked away from the promised land, God is inviting us to live in a place of disorientation. God is inviting us to live in this world of chaos and messiness where the answers are few and unclear. We have trouble seeing that this is a good thing. This is part of God's will for the church. God continually calls us to go in new directions that make us nervous. But God doesn't want us to be scared. God wants us to trust him. God is calling us to follow him on a new quest. Each generation is faced with its own missional challenge and its own adventure. And to pass up that opportunity is to choose to join the Israelites in not entering the promised land. <clears throat> this story also shows us how quickly negativity can spread. Fear and doubt and division can spread like a virus, spreading its infection throughout the whole system. Today, we look at Moses and Joshua as some of the greatest leaders ever in the Bible. But at this moment in time, the people did not believe they were capable of leading. They thought they were making poor decisions. They thought these guys got us into this mess, but they don't know how to get us out. They wanted to kill them. They wanted to pick new leaders who would lead them back into slavery again in Egypt. All because they were afraid all because they were afraid. What are you afraid of today? The higher our anxiety level, the greater our desire is to go back to the past. And the more our anxiety turns into anger. We draw dividing lines in our culture. You're on this side, you're on that. Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb were on the same side as the Israelites, but the people couldn't see it. They thought they were on different teams when in fact, God had put them on the same team. We see that today. We tend to forget we're all on the same team. The Israelites were afraid of what their future was going to look like. So they just decided not to go there. They told God, we'll just stay right here. Thank you very much. And so that's exactly where the Lord left them. He left them in the desert for another 38 years until most of them had died off. Then a new generation emerged 
that was willing to take up the quest and enter the promised land. And guess what? They did it. They were successful. They would have been successful the first time. They were just too scared to try. So like the Israelites standing on the edge of the promised land, we are standing today on the edge of our new future. You don't have to be afraid of the future God has for us. And we don't have to attack each other like the Israelites did. We can learn to live in this messy, foggy, dislocated world together. We are on the same team. We can't see what the future looks like yet, but God has already promised us that it will be good and he will give it to us. If we will only step out in faith and move into the future together. <clears throat> Every few hundred years in Western history, there occurs a sharp transition. Within a few short decades, society rearranges itself, its worldview, its basic values, its social and political structures, its arts, its key institutions. 50 years later, there is a new world. And the people born then cannot even imagine the world in which their grandparents lived and into which their parents were born. We are currently living through such a transition. Don't be afraid of the future. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.